Hey, Fred, Keith here. Before we start the episode, I just wanted to jump in really quickly to share with you about a little book that I've just put out recently. It's called Breakup, How to Heal and Thrive After a Relationship Ends. You know, I had a marriage of about 24, 25 years end in divorce, and it crushed me. I mean, it really got me down. But after I licked my wounds for a while, I decided I need to put together a strategic plan to pivot from this loss into my next chapter. So I put together this little plan that I call Thrive. So if you're going through a breakup right now, or maybe you've just gone through one recently and you could use a little help, I encourage you to look for the link in the show notes and check out Breakup, How to Heal and Thrive After Relationship Ends. All right, now on with the show. Hello there, and welcome to Coffee with Keith, a podcast for the LGBTQ plus community. I'm your host, Dr. J. Keith Brown, also known as The Bi Guy, and my mission in life as well as business is to help my fellow bisexuals turn their hurting into healing and their healing into happiness. This podcast, however, is for the entire LGBTQ plus community. Subjects we'll cover include spiritual trauma, shame, family dynamics, relationships, coming out issues, bisexuality, dating, mindset, faith development within the Christian faith, and a whole lot more. Two disclosures, though, please, if I may. The first is this. The views expressed on this podcast are either those of myself or my guests, and they should be considered as such. Secondly, I am not a licensed therapist, nor am I a medical professional. So if you need either of those services, please do consult a local professional. Otherwise, grab that cup of coffee, have a seat at my table, and let's chat on this episode of Coffee with Keith. Hello, my friend, and welcome to Coffee with Keith. I'm Keith Brown. So glad you could join me for this Bible Talks episode of the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for sharing this podcast. Thank you if you've taken a moment to give it a honest five-star rating and a review. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for doing that. Certainly, I appreciate it. It does a lot to help us as we try to spread the message of this podcast out to the world. If you haven't, please take a moment to do that. It takes you just a couple of moments on whatever platform you're listening, and I would be so appreciative. Okay, today we're going to look at the Gospel of Matthew, and it comes from Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 through 13 and 18 through 25. And I find this to be an interesting text. And remember, Matthew is often the one who is connecting back to sort of the inner circle. He's going back to make the connection with with Jesus being part of the Jewish tradition. He's trying to make connection between um, Jesus and the tradition and the law and the Messiahship, all these things that are rooted in the tradition of the Jewish people. So this text today, I think, is very interesting, and there's some things that I just want to mention from it, and uh, then basically try to draw a little bit of application, okay? So the the Gospel of Matthew chapter 9, it goes like this. And Jesus was walking along. He saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me. And he got up and followed him. And as he sat at dinner in the house, many tax collectors and sinners came and were sitting with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard this, he said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn 
what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners. While he was saying these things to them, suddenly a leader of the synagogue came in and knelt before him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. And Jesus got up and followed him with his disciples. Then suddenly a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for twelve years came up behind him and touched the fridge, uh, fringe of his cloak. For he said to herself, for she said to herself, If only touch if I only touch his cloak, I will be made well. Jesus turned and seeing her, he said, Take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made well. When Jesus came to the leader's house and saw the flute players and the crowd making a commotion, he said, Go away, for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But when the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl got up. And the report of this spread throughout the district. You know, this is an interesting text, right? Jesus, so many things going on here. Um, but let's just kind of work our way through it. And let me just point out a couple of things that I think are pretty significant we see in this text. The first is this guy, Matthew. Now, probably not the one who wrote this book, but Matthew, the tax collector. And if you know anything about the history of this time, tax collectors were, oh, they were hated so much. They were collecting the taxes for Rome, but they would always pad their pockets. They were evil in the sight of most average people. People hate, you know, sort of like we do today. We, you know, not many of us care a whole lot about the IRS, right? But tax collectors were despised, not because of their job, but because of their, their dishonesty, their greed. And Matthew was a tax collector. And it is interesting that Jesus, when he decided to begin calling people to go with him and walk with him and be part of his disciples, he turns to this one named Matthew, a tax collector, and says, Matthew, follow me. And Matthew does. And it just goes to show that with the power of Jesus, we can go from what we were to what we become. In other words, what we were in our lives in that hurting, desperate, sinful, whatever way that we were existing, and then with a word from Christ and a connection with Jesus, we can connect to a higher form of ourselves, a closer relationship with God. We can step into our purpose. We can step into a new being all through the calling of Jesus. And it's interesting that Jesus then went, uh, this kind of shows the humanity of Jesus because he goes and he shares a meal. You know, it's always that time to take and eat. You know, it, it, it again shows that Jesus, the Messiah, Jesus, the God, Jesus, divinity, and yet Jesus human was taking food. And he was not only just taking food, it says that he was taking food among tax collectors and sinners. Jesus was among those who society, uh, the, the elite of society, thought were wrong, who thought were evil, who thought were uh, nobodies, right? Nothing. And yet Jesus sat and ate with them. It just goes to show the love, the grace, and the compassion that Jesus has, even for those who are often 
the outcasts of society. Does that sound familiar to anyone? Jesus was sitting there eating the food, and these leaders of the synagogue, these haughty, arrogant, all-knowing people come and say to his disciples, why in the world does your teacher eat with these sinners? Their arrogance just coming out of them. <laughs> and Jesus hears them, and, and he says, he gives a little uh, sermonette, if you will, about mercy and compassion. But it's interesting here because he basically uses the word, go and learn. Go and learn. Now, this is very interesting because these folks that were coming to Jesus were considered, you know, they were the, the all-knowing. They were the power. They they knew it all. They, they were um, knowledgeable of the law. They were, you know, big shots. How dare him say they should go learn? And I can't help but realize sometimes how apropos that is in the world today, because there's so many in the church that feel that they know all the answers. They feel that they have all the conclusions. They feel that they have all knowledge. They know, and they stand in the judgment seat of God. And the truth is, there is so much that we don't know, that we don't understand. And when it comes to the things of God, it is so much bigger than our finite human brains can even comprehend. And Jesus was telling them, a little indirectly maybe, go and learn. Go and learn the lesson of mercy. Understand about grace. Understand about compassion and love, which is something that was obviously void in their lives and in their beliefs and in their structures. And then it's interesting because the story goes that a leader of the synagogue. Now, this is we don't know a lot about this leader. He's not named. It's just a leader of the synagogue. So it is probably assumed that he is sort of like one of the ones that just came and attacked Jesus. He's probably one who was in this group in some capacity. And yet, because of his need, he was willing to come and bow before Jesus. Which goes to show that even those that feel like they have their lives together, that know everything and are everything, can be brought down to their knees in a moment. Life can get real, real quick. And it is in those moments when sometimes all we can do is fall on our knees before Christ. And like this leader, say, Jesus, help me. And in his case, he said, help my daughter. Jesus goes and the woman reaches out and touches the fringe of his robe. And her belief and her faith was strong. And she was healed. And of course, we know that when Jesus got to the house, he raised this daughter from death to life. You know, it just goes to show me 
that Jesus wants us to be persons of mercy. If there's anything that this story, this collection of verses speaks to, is mercy. And it's interesting to me, I guess on a personal note, that Jesus had just been basically attacked by these synagogue leaders, right? He had just been called on the carpet, so to speak. He had just been rebuked for what he was doing and who he was associating with and what he was teaching, etc. And yet, when one of them came to him in need, how did Jesus respond? With mercy. He didn't say, hey, you've been attacking me. You, you've been ugly to me. You've hurt my feelings. Get away from me. No. Jesus responded in mercy. Jesus went. So as I studied this and I thought about it, and I'm going, okay, Keith, how can you apply this to your life? Well, I started thinking about this. How many times, because of what I share, how I believe about affirming LGBT, etc., how many times have I been attacked by those who know it all, who have all the answers, who sit in the judgment seat of Christ? Well, the answer to that is many times, obviously. So then I have to ask myself, so how do I respond to them? And am I still willing to give mercy, love, and forgiveness? And I'm going to tell you, <laughs> that's not easy. It doesn't come easy. It's not natural. It's, and many times we'd say we'd be righteous in our refusal to do so. We would be right. Then I look at Jesus and I go, hmm. what would Jesus do in this situation? Now, I'm going to admit to you that I am imperfect and I am not Jesus. And there are many times that it is hard but it at least something that I'm thinking about. And I invite you on the journey too. Give us some thought. I'd love to hear about what you think. Until next time, heal your hurts, move your mountains, and may God bless you. Bye-bye. Well, there you go, my friend. This episode of Coffee with Keith. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. Now, please stick around. One more announcement I want to give you. God bless you. See you next time.